Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. We will lead not just with the example of our power, but God willing with the power of our example. For us to have the unmitigated goal to go to the United Nations and tell them what they should be doing. Guess what? We're overrun. Like the Border Patrol told the transition team of Biden. This administration is almost purposely trying to destroy the United States of America. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. Lots to talk about. The uh, president did find his way to the podium. (laughs) He uh, addressed the United Nations. It was interesting. We were talking about this yesterday, sort of joking, what kind of excuses will they make? And PJ Media, now this was before the president got there, but uh, they have a story, the headline, The Laughable Excuse of Why Biden's Activity Will Be Limited at the United Nations General Assembly. And again, it it sounds like while the speech, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 minutes, uh, they didn't take questions. And there was uh, one reporter from Australia who uh, made the comment, they were talking about this in the National Review, what's with this president that, they won't allow him to take any questions, and they're constantly cutting him off. <laughs> it's called good handling. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, they know their client. But, you know, already um, I, I just caught some brief media um, coverage of it, and already you have some of the liberals defending Biden because he clearly, I listened to it in the background, he clearly bumbled through the speech, slurred. I mean, he literally sounded like someone – that had cocktails this morning before. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm being serious, (laughs) but they they already uh, defending him by, you know, everyone knows um, that Biden has had a speech impediment for years. Well, look, I I didn't know that. I've been following politics for 40 years. This first I heard about it was this year. I've been a political news junkie. I mean, since I was in my teens, before my teens, I've listened to him talk for 40 plus years. You've ne- it's, it's bull crap. Excuse my French, but it's just ridiculous for them to say that. Now, he does have some brain issues that we've all known about. I mean, he's had partial lobotomy. I'm, I'm dead serious when I say that, by the way. He has. He sounds like he's had too much to drink, which I know he hadn't had anything to drink, which means it's, you know, it's uh, it's cognitive issues. Heck, you know, alcohol affects your cognitive issues. Come on. Speech, especially. But Got a, uh, got a couple of clips from the speech today. He spoke to the United Nations this morning. Uh, he claimed—now, this, this really get, got my goat. Joe Biden claimed that the freedom of Americans is connected to and dependent upon the global community. Cut one. Through cooperation of multilateral institutions like the United Nations, to amplify our collective strength and speed our progress toward dealing with these global challenges. It is a fundamental truth of the 21st century— within each of our countries and as a global community, that our own success is bound up in others succeeding as well. To deliver for our own people, we must also engage deeply with the rest of the world. To ensure that our own future, we must work together with other partners, our partners toward a shared future. Our security, our prosperity, and our very freedoms are interconnected, in my view, as never before. And so, I believe we must work together as never before. 
That statement ought to scare the bejubies out of everybody. Our security, our prosperity, and our very freedoms are interconnected. Now, well, that sounds nice. You know, we're one with the world and all this garbage. Our, our security, in other words, our safety, mm. our prosperity, our income, the money we can make, our very freedoms, should I say liberties, are interconnected with, with the rest of the world? No, they're not, Joe. Can you imagine Donald Trump ever even thinking that, let mm. alone saying it? Something I've heard my whole life is one world order, and and, oh, yeah. and now with the and know, now we've got the president of the United States pushing it. Yep, the Great Reset is happening, and you know, I, I listened to his speech, and and not only that theory about um, you know kind of a one world type uh, situation, but also the undertones of again dividing people by race and color of their skin. They were there in that speech, and, and that's just. It's obvious that's a concentrated effort by this administration to divide, divide, divide. And it happened in the last election, and they're continuing that. They're trying to keep people divided. Yep. I'm going to borrow a term from my friend. We, he talks to me about it all the time. He says, keep the people divided and stupid, and that's how you can control them. And that's, and that's, that's, pretty, exact, much, that's pretty much the game plan that's of exactly the Democrats right. that are controlling our Congress right now and, and the White House. And I give credit to Jeff, if you're listening. There you go, Jeff. Got a little uh, kudo there for you. <laughs> now, Biden also was uh, very clear about uh, what his pet project is and the fact that uh, the United States taxpayer will probably end up paying for it. Cut two. This year has also brought widespread death and devastation from the borderless climate crisis. The extreme weather events that we have seen in every part of the world, and you all know it and feel it, represent what the Secretary General has rightly called code red for humanity. And the scientists and experts are telling us that we're fast approaching a point of no return in a literal sense. To keep within our reach the vital goal of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, every nation needs to bring their highest possible ambitions to the table when we meet in Glasgow for COP26. This <laughs> is laughable. Yeah, it is. I mean, first of all, you, you've got COVID. Then you've got Afghanistan. And, and what does he focus on? What, I mean, when he, when he starts that statement talking about death and devastation, oh, well, maybe he's going to talk about something important. No, he talks about climate change. Yeah, and he says all this, and, and the world knows that China is building coal-fired plants Big time. faster than than Hunter Biden can go through a bag of crack in his list of hookers. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just and and Joe Biden's ignoring. Well, Joe Biden, he's just reading what's put in front of him. But the fact that we're already in a debt situation that we are, and he's talking about this. Um, I mean, it has a lot to do with the debt. Uh, if if we continue down this crazy path of Green New Deal, but you know, just 2012, our debt was like $11, $12 trillion. It's getting ready to pass $29 trillion yeah. in less than 10 years. It's tripled. Now, he's totally irritated France because he's doing the submarine deal with Great Britain that undermined France's contract with Australia to sell them submarines. Now they're going to have nuclear subs uh, from the United States to Australia. And you know they, he could have done that deal without irritating 
the French. Um, but he went ahead and, and did what he wanted to do. Uh, and now he's getting ready to irritate a lot of the European countries, Germany, Poland, some of the other countries, because he has given the green light for Russia to put in their Nord Stream 2 pipeline. <laughs> While he shuts down our pipeline, he tells Russia, yeah, you can go ahead and do your pipeline. And what do you think Russia's going to do to all those European countries? He's, yeah. they, the Russians are going to screw those European countries. And right about the time it gets cold, ooh, the price has gone up. So sorry. I mean, and, and here, uh, you know, d- does Joe Biden love the United States? No. Does he love the American worker? No. Why? Because quite simply, Donald Trump put us on the course to be an export energy nation mm-hmm. that would have uh, th- the one hope that we might have gotten our debt under control, the $29 trillion you were talking about, that we might have been able to start to whittle away at it, would have been our energy sector. And that's gone. Yeah, and from a, you mentioned Russia from a security standpoint. Um, you know, Russia is not a threat unless they improve their economics. The only way they can improve their economics is through energy. energy. And he's taking, he's just handing that advantage to them. Yeah. And everybody in the world knows it. And I mean, it's got to be intentional. You've said this before. This this can't you can't be that ignorant. It, and it's that not stupid. stupidity. No. It's, you you got to be it's by it, design. It's got to be by design. He also said during his speech, uh, bragged about the fact that under his leadership, the United States has restored funding to the World Health Organization. Now, consider this. A fraud. Well, not only is it fraudulent, but whose pocket is the World Health Organization in? Communist China. They answer to communist China. Exactly. Bingo. They are there whenever communist China needed somebody to defend them on the COVID issue. The uh, director, what's the guy's name? Uh, Tortoise or something. <laughs> it's not, it starts with he's a from like isn't he from yeah. like a North African country yeah. or something. And, and, uh, he is, uh, Tetros. Um, he was there defending them every step of the way. He's from Morocco or something, isn't he? Maybe. Something like, is, is he actually a medical doctor? Is he? Uh, he's probably know. got a degree in public health. Anyway, no offense to anybody with a degree in public health. A- a- anyway, the the, the idea that he is bragging about something that Donald Trump rightly defunded. Yes. Because they have done everything to work against the United States and for our adversary, communist China. It, it was a who right up to, right up to the you know, COVID exploded worldwide that said it wasn't a problem. Yeah. I mean, they were carrying China's water, carrying their secrets, and so was Dr. Fauci. Uh, Dr. Fauci in, in uh, what, February of 2020 was, I mean, on an interview with 60 Minutes or one of the news organizations saying, you know, it would not be a problem in the United States. <laughs> Who so, even praised China for their transparency on the coronavirus, even while the Chinese government was actively working to censor information and news about the spread of the virus. Don't call them Beijing Joe for nothing. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's uncanny. You know, this whole thing, going back to the submarines, too. So we're going to sell the uh, technology, the submarines, so they'll have the technology. They might not have all the blueprints of how it's built, and Australia wouldn't be able to reduplicate it, I don't think. But how long do you think it's going to be before they have got one of these nuclear subs in their hands? How many years do you think it's going to be before China captures one of them? Well, you know, if we do any operations in the Gulf, and now— 
or or well that would be further than the gulf but you know i, I mean they're going to have a distinct advantage by taking over that uh base in afghanistan so oh, yeah. so i mean oh, yeah. china's yeah. that much closer yeah. to us so yeah it would surprise me if somehow they they get a hold of it or or you know biden forgets and leaves it somewhere i've got some <laughs> other stories about joe's numbers going in the wrong direction these are new numbers uh, we talked about this yesterday but these are additional numbers I, I i for the life of me i mean i think it was up in uh iowa um his negative ratings are like over 60 percent mm. and uh it, it's what floors me is that you've got somewhere near 40 percent that think he's doing a decent job <laughs> it's well, just unbelievable. Like we talked about yesterday, that's the 40% that would, uh, you know, th- they would that's vote. That's on the payroll? Yeah, and they would vote for him if they were burning the house down around them. They would still vote for him. Unbelievable. Hey, we got a lot more to talk about today, so stay with us. News and Views for a Tuesday continues right after this. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast, the chance of showers tonight, just a 30% chance, but tomorrow it comes in earnest. Showers and possible thunderstorm tomorrow. High near 84, chance of rain tomorrow, 70%. Same again for tomorrow night with a low around 69. Thursday, again, a chance of showers, although the uh, chance of precip drops down to 50% with a high on Thursday of 79. Mm. Sounds good to me. In the 50s, I think Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at night in the 50s. I can hear the wood crackling in my fire pit now. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. It's it's that time of year. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's why you love the fall. I love it. Because you can go out in a uh, golf shirt during the day and a sweatshirt at night. Love it. Uh, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. They boast an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, clay tennis courts, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252 252- Seven five two forty six fifty three. Ask for Jenna. She will uh, gladly show you around the club. She might even buy you lunch. She's just a generous uh, hostess over there. Uh, again, her number two five two seven five two forty six fifty three. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. And uh, if you want to learn to play the game of golf, there's no better PG- PGA pro in the area than John Lamonica. He'll uh, get a club in your hand and have you playing in no time. He's a good. Uh He's a good instructor. He is Very a good, good. instructor. He, Taking a uh, couple lessons from him. The, the problem is I'll take a lesson, and he'll get me hitting that thing long and straight, and I'll go out in the course, and here comes the shanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you think you've uh, mastered it, uh, no, golf is kind of humbling. It, it, no, you, you never master it. You think <laughs> you've mastered it, it jumps up and bites you in the butt. Gabby Petito, that case, um, sad case, still ongoing i saw today that this uh, guy brian laundry is uh-huh. uh they, they think they caught him on a uh, one of these hunting cams yeah out in the woods you know we I, we talked about that yesterday i just didn't think there's any way once you leave a populated area i mean there's just about well, no you way said you everywhere escape. everywhere there's cameras except 
<laughs> out in the reserve, and well, they think they caught him in the reserve. Well, out west, but you know, in the eastern part of the United States, uh, these boys like to hunt. And I mean, I've got cameras all over my property. If you go to my property, you'll <laughs> chances are you're gonna be you're gonna be seen. Don't do anything naughty on Betty's property. No, if you do, just put your best foot forward. Keep your pants on. <laughs> um, yesterday, on Joy Reed's show, the readout. How she has a show. My goodness. I know. She and uh, does Al Sharpton still have an MSNBC show? I hope not. Reverend Al. The uh, but she does, and uh, what a liberal individual. I'll keep it PJ PG. Um, but she comes on talking about the Gabby Petito story, and she said, "I quote: This is a clear case of missing white woman syndrome." <laughs> Reed said, if you've been watching the news for the past few days or on Twitter or TikTok, you're familiar with the name Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old aspiring social media influencer who was reported missing after a fiancé returned from their van life excursion without her. On Sunday, human remains believed to be Petitos were found in the National Park in Wyoming. An autopsy is scheduled for tomorrow to confirm the identity. Now it goes without saying that no family should ever have to endure this kind of pain, and the Petito family certainly deserves answers and justice. The way this story captivated the nation has many wondering, why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name, Missing White Woman Syndrome. The term coined by the late, great Gwen Eiffel to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women, like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway, while ignoring cases involving people of color. Um... Look, this is not a case of white and black. It is a case of murder. It's a case of domestic homicide, which, by the way, affects blacks and whites. Mm-hmm. And here's the other question. Joy, don't you work for a news network? Yeah. If you don't like the coverage, cover it. Yeah, well, or I- don't cover it, depending on what your case is. Well, I'd like to ask her the question. Let's go back through the tapes of your shows. And how many shows have you done on missing women of color? Yeah. I bet not one. <laughs> and this this is the same crowd who worship Fentanyl Floyd? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sir George, as uh, <laughs> Jason I mean, my Whitlock gosh, calls Every him. day for how many months did we have the lead story of Fentanyl Floyd? Yeah. And uh, what's the guy... Um, What's the guy that got shot, uh, that had the knife? Um, oh, out in the middle of the— uh, Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. Is that his out name? Out in the middle of the street. He yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they they were you know trying to George Floyd knight him, and he's had uh, domestic abuse uh, violations, uh, accused of rape, and— <laughs> Joy Reid is just trying to stir things up. I, I, I honestly don't think she is that stupid. She's just trying to stir things up, make everything about race, 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 which is, you know. That's what? her that's her shtick. Yeah, that's it. It's all about race. Well, here's race. the other thing, Joy. Why don't you spend some time covering stories about all the black children being murdered in Chicago? Bingo, yeah. I mean, why'd you cover that? If you're worried about the fact that minorities aren't being covered— the reason why you don't is because you would have to find out and report who are committing the crimes. Yep. That's why you don't go there. And be 98% black-on-black crime. Don, Don Lamont, as I like to call him, 
he 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 had some, kind of the same thing on his show last night, making it a a you know black issue, white issue of of the media just being concerned with the fact that it was a white person. It probably has a lot to do with the fact that you know they were documenting their trip all over the internet. They were. There were sort of YouTube sensations from some, yeah, some of the articles I've right, read. Right. So, I don't I mean, know about being a sensation, but well, I mean, yeah, YouTubers anyway. Yeah, YouTubers, yeah. but um, I mean, I think that's probably had a lot to do with it. But uh, Speaking wow. of violence and murder, News and Observer's reporting today. You brought this up yesterday. It's happened again. Durham police are investigating after a man was found fatally shot near North Carolina's Central University campus on Monday afternoon. It was the third homicide in less than 48 hours. The man whom police did not identify died from his wounds around 1 p.m. in the residence of the 500 block of Dupree Street, according to the news release. Police have taped off the area. Uh, the Monday homicide came two days after two men were killed in a North in an NCCU parking lot just two hours before Chancellor Johnson uh, Aikenley called for action from the city, county, and state officials. We will not live in fear and have our health and well-being risked to do, due to gun violence and crime around the country. It has to stop. Police identified the victims on Saturday, um, both of Durham, neither were North Carolina Central students, according to the university. At a meeting Monday night, Durham City Council members spoke about the Saturday shooting and the gun violence that Mayor Steve Schwell said was ravaging the city. We need to do everything we can to stop it. Council member uh, Freeman emphasized that black men are the most frequent victims of gun violence. But what she did not say is the fact of what you just said. And listen, this is a fact. I mean, I'm I'm saddened. Everybody ought to be saddened by the number of young black men that are being killed. A crime's a crime, and but, a victim but, is a victim. Wh- but here's the thing: who's pulling the trigger? I mean, yeah. it, you, what you said was accurate. I'm sorry to say, this is not a racist statement; it's a factual statement. Black on black crime is devastating the black community. Well, and it's straight from the FBI statistics, and and during this whole, you know. 2020 uh, summer of love, George Floyd protests and all that, and you had um, you had you know Democrats, uh, mayors, governors, uh, people in the federal level, and Democrats just did not even mention what the FBI statistics say. No, no. <laughs> and it doesn't fit their narrative. No, it doesn't. It, again, they're just trying to divide people by race, and they they want to use this to for more gun control. Yep. Mm-hmm. But to get to the heart of the issue, it is a big part of the issue, a big, big part. I mean, there's a lot of things you can blame. You can blame the fact that we have absentee fathers, we have broken marriages, we have uh, single moms out there trying to raise the kids. But our judicial system is not helping the matter. Fox News is reporting today the Houston Police Union is demanding a judge's resignation following a shooting that left one officer dead and another sergeant critically wounded arguing that the alleged gunman, who was also killed, should never have been let out of jail on a reduced bond given his violent criminal history. Houston Police Officers Union President Douglas Griffin has blasted Harris County um, District Court Judge Greg Glass. Follow, by the way, Glass, guess what party he's a member of? <laughs> follow, yes, you're right. He is a Democrat. Following a deadly shooting early Monday, as officers assigned to the mayor's offenders division arrived at a home and uh, to serve a narcotics-related warrant. We're calling 
We're calling for his resignation, Griffin told Fox News. The community is becoming more and more outraged. This is the 138th person, one of our officers over the last two years, that has been killed by someone out on multiple felony bonds. A woman first answered the door. Officers asked to speak with the uh, shooter, Dion Lettit, 30 years old, immediately came out, opened fire, striking Officer William Bell Jeffrey, 31-year veteran of the force, several times. Jeffrey uh, died. The second officer, Michael Vance, critically wounded. Uh, He is in critical condition in the hospital. Um, Lettit's crime history includes 18 arrests, since turning 18, he was 30 when he died yesterday. 18, uh, turning for 18 offenses, including felony, drug charges, burglary, evading, uh, evading arrest, and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. His latest was November of 2020 when he uh, picked up a possession with intent to deliver charge on a, narcot- a narcotics case. Um, here's the problem. And, and I, granted, I, I know there's all kinds of excuses, you know, that, oh, we don't have the, the, the room in the jails. Who was who the Arizona sheriff oh, yeah. that uh, said, okay, we don't have room in the jails? He set up a tent city out in the desert. Yeah, and had them dressed in pink yeah. pink uh, jumpsuits and things like that. And, and what did they say? What did the people, oh, that's cruel and unusual punishment. Mm. You can't do that. So we'll let them out in the street where they shoot and kill an officer point blank? Need to go back to the days of a pickaxe in their hand and making, making little rocks out of big rocks. And I understand you, you cannot have a situation that is torturous, but quite frankly, there's plenty of people that live out in the in the heat. Mm-hmm. You give them food, you give them water, you keep them away from the public. You know, I think it was last week or week before last, pretty well documented uh, shooting. Um, I think it was in Florida where they, they stopped the car, um, just kind of a routine stop. They were talking to the to, to two drivers or, or two passengers, a driver and a passenger, and they go up trying to get a guy out of the car, and he just gets out and starts shooting with an automatic weapon. And, of course, they end up killing him. Um, but, I mean, they stopped this guy, and he, he had a rap sheet so long. I mean, he should have been in jail, had no business well. being out. And luckily, this fentanyl Floyd had a yeah. rap sheet six miles long. Yeah, I mean, luckily in this situation in Florida, um, yeah, the uh, law enforcement officer was injured, but um, I mean, they stopped it. But it's uh, what what our law enforcement officers go through, and yeah, th- there there are some bad apples in every profession, and there certainly is in law enforcement. But by and large, they're not. And the fact that they have been demonized the way they have, in particular by the Democrat Party. I mean, I don't see how anyone can deny that. For the last year and a half, I'm just thankful we got, we got these guys. I don't, I don't know who would want to do it. No. The, the last time Ledet was charged, from last November, he was facing life in prison as a habitual offender. He had two prior trips to prison. The DA's office said no bond. This is what they said to this uh, Judge Greg Glass. Let it did not show up for pretrial services or to get an ankle monitor installed. So the judge called him back into court for a warning, and Glass again allowed Let it to post bond. Let it later failed to show up in court, and his bond was eventually revoked. Let it jump bail, and still his bond was not revoked. Let it went on to run and was never seen again in court. Judge Glass doesn't care, the union tweeted. 
That's one less case to avoid seeing on his docket. More than 1,000-plus felony warrants exist against in, in Judge Glass's court. The union went on to say, This blood is on your hands, Greg Glass. Shame on you. They should call him out. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's ref- frankly, it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. And listen, I don't care. Uh, by the way, the police officer was a minority that died. And you know, I, I, don't, I don't care what your background is, your gender, your race, whatever. Everybody ought to be able to live in safety. And the fact that you've got this liberal judge, this, and, and I'm sorry, these liberal judges are so naive. To th- I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure what goes through their mind. But a part of it is this live and let live mentality. If we're kind to them, they'll return the favor and they'll go out and be kind to us. And and just flipping through the coverage of this, I don't see a single national coverage on this except for Fox News. It doesn't fit the narrative. Nope. We got to take another time out. Interesting story from the CDC concerning COVID. It's an alarming story concerning children and COVID. But this story has an interesting twist. Stay with us. We'll tell you what it is. A collection of question marks. A lot of questions. Why? How? No logic. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the what's, and the where's. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Ron DeSantis tweeted earlier today, since Florida opened monoclonal antibody treatment sites in August, over 100,000 Floridians have received treatment. COVID hospital admissions have fallen by 60%. COVID hospital census has declined for 28 consecutive days. ER visits for COVID have declined by over 70%. A friend of mine who works at an ER, uh, his uh, this friend's daughter works at an ER, not too far from here, and um, it's it's not in the state, but it's not too far from here. Uh, the th- th- this particular hospital where she's located, when people come, unless it's a dire emergency, they say go to the hospital down the street. We can't bring you in. And it's not because there's so many COVID sick patients in there. It's because so many people have resigned from the hospital where mm-hmm. this person works because of the demands uh, and the mandates. You know, I've heard some stories of that around our state, too, that I won't uh, disclose my sources. But um, people that actually work for some hospital organizations that um, there's some there's some pretty people upset about those mandates. Well, I've got a friend who is uh, pretty high up at one of the hospitals, and uh, he's he'll he'll walk, mm. he'll walk. But the Ron DeSantis story or tweet, um, you won't see that on CNN tonight no. or, or the three main networks uh, network. News you said you, you caught our governor 
today. Yep. And the, the, the numbers are going in the right direction. Yeah, they're, they're all going in the right direction. It's, it's finally, um, it's finally the curve is dropping dramatically when they showed the chart. And if you go on the uh, Health and Human Services website, you'll see it. But the, the cases, the daily case rate, all the numbers are moving in the right direction. Um, there are, you know, a lot of there are a lot of deaths it seems like people that are going in the hospital or a lot most of the people get on ventilators it seems like so there's another story i don't know if you you caught this story last night but (laughs) a story came out with now the uh military is demanding that the navy seals there's only 2500 of them Mm -hmm. but they need to either get vaccinated or resign (laughs) and and, you know and it, it it suddenly clicked okay here's one of the reasons they want to they're they're demanding that they 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 want these guys to resign they do they want a remake of the military they do they're trying to reimagine the military yeah they want a bunch of snowflakes in there they don't want a hard go get them navy seal guys that know how to get the job done yeah and you know just from the numbers uh these guys in the navy seals it's not likely for them to have a whole lot of complications from covid they are in superb physical condition exactly and and it's not easy to uh number one find someone who wants to volunteer to try to become a navy seal much less the commitment of uh what they have to go through i mean that's i mean we're in it's it's amazing how quickly from donald trump to joe biden in less than a year we've gone from being a very stable military might to now we're worried about white supremacy and uh, diversity in our military to the point, that, and, and now we're telling them because of COVID, you got to get out. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing how quickly these people have devastated so many aspects of our country. Yeah, well, you know, Milley and uh, uh, Secretary of Defense Austin Milley, being Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff, right? You know, when they did their uh, congressional hearings months ago, several weeks ago, yeah, they, back they, in the summer, it's back in the summer, for them to talk about that they were really concerned about white supremacy and extremism in the military that is that 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 tells you there's just something big at play that well here's the other thing too i i'm not saying it's non-existent but listen when you're in the military you, you guys are bunking together doing everything together i mean the whole thing is you're you're one accord and you know we've had callers you know we we cover military bases with this program we've had callers call in and say that is just a bunch of hooey there's there's no way you don't have that option i mean there was there was a time that that men and men and women of color you know back particularly during world war ii and and you know when they really uh they were segregated they were segregated and they put up with a lot of discrimination but uh i mean we're talking 75 years ago yeah you know uh, I, I, those people have all gone to their eternal reward mm-hmm. but speaking of covid the cdc has just released new stats on children and they're alarming this according to town hall now what is it about covid and children that's alarming New statistics from the Centers for Disease Control paint an alarming picture of the health of children in the aftermath of the coronavirus pandemic. Why? According to the numbers, childhood obesity shot up significantly over the past 18 months as government officials and teachers unions closed schools, playgrounds, and parks. Among a cohort of 432,302 persons aged 2 to 19, 
the rate of body mass index, BMI, increased approximately doubled during the pandemic compared to a pre-pandemic period. Persons with pre-pandemic overweight or obesity and younger school-aged children experience the largest increase, according to the CDC. Overall, the monthly, monthly rate of BMI increased nearly doubling during the COVID-19 pandemic period compared with that during the pre-pandemic period. Now, what's significant, and these are just kids. Yeah. Now, kids burn fat. If the kids are having an obesity problem, what are the adults doing? It ain't good. Let's don't talk about that. No. Uh, <laughs> but, no, but no, really, I mean, to your point there, uh, you know, kids generally don't have problems with COVID. I mean, that's, that's, not a, that's just a fact. But by increasing their body mass index, all of a sudden, you're making them more susceptible to it. Exactly. Over, overwhelmingly, obesity is a, is a big That's big one of the biggest risk. comorbidities. Yeah. When the, the, I mean, you, again, you go look at the statistics. That is the comorbidity that people, when they're going into the hospital, it seems like that's, there can be other things, but there's a lot of folks that are in that category. And again, with adults, it's even going to be worse. Yep. And I mean, it's hard to measure their mental health, but look at their mental health and uh, what they've been through in this last 18 months. When we come back, got new numbers for Joe and they ain't good. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. More news uh, for Joe in the polling category. And uh, good news for Republicans, I guess. Not good news for Joe. Only 49% of registered voters think Joe Biden has enough mental soundness to serve as president. (laughs) Which means 48%. There's a couple of percentage points missing that didn't know. Respondents were asked, do you think Joe Biden has the mental soundness to serve effectively as president or not? While 49% said yes, 48%, nearly half of Americans, said no. When respondents no. were Yeah. When respondents were asked weeks before, between September 7th and 10th, 49% said yes, 45% said no. So uh, he's going in the wrong direction there in, in less than a month. On the question of if, uh, asking if respondents believe Joe Biden is a strong leader or not. No. 45% said yes, down four points from October of 2020. 53% said Biden was not a strong leader. That number is up eight points since a year ago. The poll asked, do you think the country has become more or less united since Joe Biden took office? And again, the Democrats run on being the great uniters, right? 54% of the country is less united, said that we're less united. 37% said the country is more united since Biden took office. Uh, not good numbers, but th- this is really mind-boggling. There was an Iowa poll from the Des Moines Register and Mediacom. Only 31% of Iowans approve of Joe Biden's job performance. Mm. 31%, 62% disapprove of Joe's job performance. American's heartland. I, I mean, can it get any lower than that? I mean, the fact that you have 31%, you could still say, wow, that's, that's a pretty high number. But no, as you said earlier in the program, I, I mean, you're going to have 31% of them on the take mm-hmm. or no matter what they're going to vote because there's a D behind their name or they can't bring themselves to say anything disparaging about a Democrat. 
The publication also reported Biden has not seen positive numbers in Iowa since March of 2021, when 47% approved, 44% disapproved. So in less than six months, he has gone from 47% approved, 40-40% disapproved, to 31% approving, 62% disapproving. (laughs) Very poor job. Yeah. Thank you, Donald. Uh, Donald Trump was on Glenn Beck, by the way, today. Wow. For an interview. What a a difference Biden between Biden and Trump when they're being interviewed. Well, does Biden interview? I mean, if he does, it is by it is an interview with a a super liberal who's going to cover them when they make mistakes and correct them and then go back and edit the interview. I guarantee you he's not doing any live interviews. No. Mm -hmm. At at this point, my only question is who who will be on the Democrat ticket for 2024? I mean, it, it is. There's absolutely no way it's going to be Joe Biden. And I can't Com- imagine Kamala, Kamala Harris. Harris. I, I don't think so either. I, I just, I really like to know what behind the scenes is being worked on. Um, are they just kissing it off? Just that we know we're going to lose, no. or are oh, they are they going to no absolutely come not. up with another pandemic mm-hmm. and and uh, eliminate the election? Yeah, I, I think it's all planned. I mean, I think it was all planned. I think it's in the works, and we're just waiting for it. But I mean, when you listen to Joe Biden, I mean, there's there's no way. I mean, unless we have a uh, what is the variant we have now? The D variant. We have a the Delta Delta variant. We have an E variant, and they just put everybody on lockdown and put Joe in the basement again for a year and a half. There's there's just no way he can survive. His, his cognitive decline. I mean, the reporters just can't hide hide it anymore. He's the they, ultimate. They really can't. He's the ultimate Manchurian candidate. He sure is. You know, we didn't even get to this other story. Um, you know, Border Patrol down in texas are now being accused of whipping illegals as they're they're riding their horses it's called reins but the democrats have seen these border patrol agents riding their horses and by the way the fact that they're pushing these people back i i really wonder and i bet as this story uh, evolves and comes out with more detail that these are actually texas employees texas rangers Hmm. by the way uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick uh, down in Texas is offering federal uh, agents that are working for the uh, Border Patrol mm-hmm. a $10,000 signing bonus if they want to come over and work for Texas and said, we'll actually put you to work. We'll actually allow you to guard the border. Um, but, you know, now uh, Mayorkas is coming out. Originally, he said, well, they weren't whip- whipping anybody. And now since all the all the libs in Washington are horrified by what they saw uh, he's now going to do an investigation. Yeah. It's called horseback riding. You have reins in your hand, split reins, and you gotta, you got sometimes you gotta whip the horse to get him to go where you want to go. Wow, unbelievable! <laughs> hey, listen, we gotta call it quits for today, but we'll come back and do it again on Wednesday. We'll see you then. Bye, bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.